0: Welcome, everyone, to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today. I'm Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by...
1: David Allen, the fun one on another Friday. Glad to see you guys.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for joining us for another weekend full of Windows headlines and news. Uh, We will be covering, for those of you who just kind of want a quick overview to see if you want to stay long long with us, uh, we'll be covering quite a bit, actually, talking about... uh, Microsoft getting another uh, Activision approval. So, one step closer to making their monster gaming ambitions uh, a reality. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sega uh, making some moves in mobile. We'll talk about possibly developing an ARM based service Go, which might be better than what we've been getting previously. Uh, we're going to be talking about being uh, getting a new competitor in search, which is its old competitor, Google, and why that's a weird, confusing headline. i will be talking about uh, Microsoft versus Elon Musk, which started uh, this week and was on that last, but we will be getting into all of that after we do our headline. Our opening um, discussion actually will be about the old topic, which is better, Windows or Mac OS? For those of you who have been around for the last, I don't know, 30 years or so, I'm sure you've had thoughts and and, uh, comments and opinions about this. So why not drug it back up so we can, you know, have the flame, flaming fanboy war start all over again. Uh, From Make Use Of, I believe it's a um, uh, kind of a blog uh, that's taking uh, consideration uh, of, you know, uh, user feedback saying that uh, Windows 11 surpasses macOS, pause, you just want to savor that, in terms of performance and overall functionality. Uh, You know, we're a Windows-centric podcast, so we're all probably cheering right now. What do you think about just that phrasing alone?
1: I I agree with that. Um, And then this (laughs) is something we, we have talked about in the past. I think and I don't want to I don't want to steal any thunder from our opening discussion, but I think I, Mac has been kind of stale a little bit over the last few years. That they've kind of, you know, put a little bit of watercolor paint on it, made it look pretty. But I think, you know, and it, it, things used to be the other way around, or at least I felt like they were. I felt like there was a time many years ago that maybe Mac was more in tune with what you know, the average consumer wanted. They were the first to bring a real integration among products. You know, Microsoft was kind of out there. There really, were, there really wasn't any type of integration of any sort. And I think now things have kind of reversed. Microsoft has said, look, we, we've got our phone link, we've got, you know, the cloud, and I think they're really starting to make things more accessible to the average consumer on a wide level. You can do much more in Windows. I hate to say it because I once was a Mac guy, but you can do more in Windows than Mac easier, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think you, uh, perfect segue into what we're talking about. Uh, well all opinions are sub- subjective, uh, the author of this report is trying to do an objective thing by classifying exactly what they mean by uh, performance and functionality, starting off with um, a few different uh, things, Uh, one of them being um, uh, in, uh, hold on, let me get through the report itself, that one of the measures that they're using is enhanced multitasking capabilities and this is specifically with the snap features uh the snap layouts that have been introduced in windows uh, 11 uh, where you know depending on whatever type of screen size you have you can do dual monitor you can have ultra wide, you can do, uh, you know, your, your typical 16 by nine, but uh, because of the way it's built in the operating system, you're giving a multitude uh, upwards of six different options to kind of lay out windows on your screen automatically. I mean, obviously you can go in and manually adjust things if you want to as well. Uh, this is in contrast with apples, which uh, automatically gives you two. Again, you can also go and readjust uh, as necessary but uh, again if you have uh, dual monitors ultra wise things like that these things are taken into consideration right off the bat out of the box so that's one point for for windows if you're of that uh, of someone who needs uh, uh windowing assistance uh, the other thing that they were saying that uh, makes it kind of uh, more performative or functional is the taskbar They're saying that the, I think it's a dock in Mac OS, uh, does offer some performance things, uh, but it's really just a kind of an app launcher in general. The taskbar in Windows has a little more functionality uh, where, you know, and a lot more customization uh, one could uh, mention, not just from a visual standpoint where you can add gradients or you can add uh, color theming that matches your apps, that matches uh, schedule for your time of day, things like that. But uh, just being able to kind of, Uh, Pair apps, Uh, I believe that's coming soon as well. But uh, just kind of, you know, being able to either change from seeing just the icons to seeing the full description of apps, uh, what you kind of can pull in and what you can pin to, things like that. Uh, They're saying that point goes to Microsoft or Microsoft Operating System or Windows, being able to kind of do all of that. And like I said, we'll be getting some more updates for the taskbar in upcoming uh, Windows 11 updates. I believe probably later this year. Uh, The other thing that they were saying that um, is kind of a boon is Flipboard, surprisingly or not. Uh, Now, we know that uh, Apple, I would arguably say, has a superior uh, platform distribution of of content where you can move things from your iPad to your uh, desktop to your phone uh, through, I believe it's uh, AirDrop. AirDrop, yep. Uh, but uh, for this particular report, they're saying that clipboard uh, keeps a record of the last twenty-five items that you've cut, cut or copied, and that includes images, text, links, things of of nature, uh, and that you can just quickly pull up with, I believe, it's window V or whatever Windows v is a combination mm-hmm. to bring all those things, and those are synced across. Uh, they're saying that that's a, a plus for the operating system, something that I don't believe. Clipboard in Mac OS specifically uh, is able to do. Again, there are alternatives using airtop Clipboard to Clipboard functionality, if you don't have an iPhone, uh, for whatever reason, you still have a Mac, which you're an oddity, um, this is a plus for them. Uh, besides that, uh, compatibility with Android apps. Uh, this is through uh, the Amazon App Store. Uh, and there's also a way uh, in the Google Play Store. Uh, that's within their report. I want to add note that um, Microsoft also has a few additional social media apps that the Mac OS platform doesn't currently have uh, as, as desktop options such as TikTok, uh, I believe, and Instagram uh, as standalone apps in the uh, Mac App Store for whatever reason. Uh, the last thing we have, I believe, is uh, the phone link situation. Uh, now, macOS does have, uh, again, AirDrop to kind of do these kind of things, but with um, phone link, it's Windows has opened up to a much larger audience of Android users now. Uh, specifically, Samsung users—if you have a Samsung phone, you know there are other Android phones that can connect to it, but you get the most functionality if you have a Samsung phone. Uh, but again, this is where you are seeing your text messages. You're able to mirror your apps on the phone itself. So if you're not a fan of the, I don't know, 50 Amazon App Store apps that are being leveraged in that, you can use any app on your phone and mirror it on here. So again, if you have a specialty app that you need, a parking app, uh, a, a toll app, a train app, something like that that you can't find uh, anywhere else uh, on the desktop, but you want to specialize app you can pull it straight from your phone, right on your desktop. Again, these are just some of these the, the five things that this report kind of picked up. You know, Windows 11 offers a little more functionality than uh, Mac OS. Now, with that being said, what are your thoughts on the overall state of Mac OS versus Windows uh, OS in 2023?
1: I've got to kind of go back on some of the things that I have supported in the past. The phone integration, for example, the airdrop that you talked about um those things have been in mac OS for seven eight years now, mm-hmm. and that's the thing it's just text messages it's just phone calls that's it there there there's not any app movement between devices there's not no you know a notifications bar, it's still just the one little click the make, you know, everybody knows what the little messages icon looks like on a Mac, the little green icon in the middle, click the little icon, and all you get is your contacts on the left, your ability to call them, your ability to message them, and to me, that's, that's where things really separate out, because if you're going to get involved with Apple, like you said, you're a weirdo, If you don't buy completely into the ecosystem, because you almost have to. You have to have each device for it to work correctly. Now, Microsoft recently in phone link did add the ability to connect an iPhone to phone link, something I have learned that I will share with everybody. When you do it with an iPhone, be aware it is a Bluetooth connection only. So you do have to keep in mind if you're moving in your house and you've got a good size house, that when you get outside of Bluetooth range, you kind of lose that sync with an iPhone. The Android phone, as you mentioned, will use the Wi-Fi in your house to help things stay synced with your phone link. For example, I can have phone link open, go outside, you know, do something with the family, come back in, Any text messages I received while I was outside are there and on phone. By the time my phone has come back in and has reconnected. Those are just little things that Apple's not there. They're just not there yet. And it's a part of our daily life that, you know, we all communicate with messages and notifications. That's the main way of communicating and sparking. A conversation, an interaction, you get a notification on your phone, you react to it. So Windows, to me, has really moved forward, and if anything, has kind of bypassed the old fruit company over there just a little bit. You know, now the things you mentioned about the taskbar, I agree with. Those are subjective. Some people like that stuff. Some people don't. I can tell you as far as Snap Windows goes, unless Apple has changed something I've missed, that requires a third-party app on Apple to be able to rearrange your Windows in somewhat of a Snap Windows fashion. I use Snap Windows every day when we're editing news posts. I've got my source in one, and where we're working on the post in the other, I may have another snap window open with Teams. You cannot do that natively on an Apple product.
0: No, it's you're little absolutely it's yeah. the little things. Uh, again, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I personally love Windows. I know we can easily turn this into a Mac OS bashing session. Easily. Uh, easily. And I, you, part of me wants to but uh, yeah. I'm going to try and be a reporter and be a little more attractive. Uh, they also mentioned that you know it still stands in 2023, that a uh, plethora of dedicated written apps, still goes to uh, the benefit still goes to Windows. Now, the playing field has been leveled, but with web apps, uh, macOS does get uh, a variety of well-polished looking apps in the Mac, uh, macOS store, uh, but the number of uh, just apps in general still is weighed heavily especially in enterprise business things like that for for windows uh like i said uh, i believe you know i just want to say as, as someone who uses windows every day and, and, and uh who uses mac os things like that that the level of polish is still i will still give it to you, apple uh for that i think one of the biggest draws isn't necessarily the operating system for people these days because we do a lot of web-based things uh you're in and Microsoft's doing its best uh, to keep up with uh, Chrome, with adding all these features and making Edge its own platform, uh, where you can basically go in. And we were just discussing off mic, turning certain apps or certain websites into apps, and making them feel native. notifications, pinning them to the taskbar for easy usage, and not having to necessarily have your browser open, constantly draining uh, your battery or whatnot. Um, you know, we were just talking about, you know, if you like phone link. And you still want to have that native integration of your messages and notifications? I think it's Google's Android Messaging web website, essentially the .com. Uh, turn it into an app using Edge, and into the taskbar, and then get all your notifications in that same notification tray as though they were native. Uh, and that's just another way uh, that you know I don't think. You- Necessarily in um, macOS, maybe maybe you can. I'm not sure if Safari allows you to create web apps and then put them in the dock. But I don't think so. It's just you know, it's just one thing. And I believe that Windows 8, they are getting there. We were talking to our our, our editor in chief. I was I believe, you know, I'm starting to see that polish coming to Windows. It's taking it's taking forever, but the transition from Windows 8 to Windows 10 was bad. It was rough there were still, you know, we complain about, you know, hidden menus from Windows, you know, uh, uh, still showing up in the same way that they normally do. And there's still a lot of that there Windows 11. Uh, It's less than it was in Windows 10. The animations are getting better. Uh, The resource uh, management is getting better. Uh, The UI consistency, you know, the stark UI, okay, Uh, the stark UI of the flat, Windows 8 uh, versus, you know, I believe what the rest of the web is adopting, which is, you know, rounded corners and, you know, a soft uh look of things is is present in uh Windows 11. You're also getting um a nice consistency within within Microsoft's own apps between the web and what it has as a dedicated app. So you, when you switch between those two platforms, it isn't jarring. You're not saying, "Oh, this is the crappy web version of the, of of you know, this looks like PowerPoint and the dedicated PowerPoint app, things like that. So, again, maybe Windows 12, we'll, we'll finally get to that that mark where people can say, hey, visually speaking, and, you know, uh, system resource wise, Windows 11 or Windows 12 is on par with Mac. Now what we need is for Intel to keep up.
1: That's uh, what I was about. That's what I was about to say. If you reverse this conversation, and you throw it in the hardware perspective, you kind of see things go the other way with the power versus efficiency ratio of what Apple can do. But we are seeing slowly, but we are seeing it. We are seeing Intel slowly close that gap, and we're seeing discussions in 2024 and 2025 when we get done with this new 13th gen chip that we're going to start seeing some of the, you know, gap closing a little faster now. You throw AMD into that a little bit, you've got a different discussion, you know, there, in my opinion, they can achieve closer to what Apple can do, but they've got to do that at the sacrifice of battery life. AMD can give you the battery life you know to to rival something that Apple can offer if you're only going to open a few apps at a time and you can deal with things being a little bit slower I will give Apple credit that hardware wise in their laptop and desktop line nobody can get to their power performance ratio yet I've got to call it what it is on that one nobody can get there yet the gap is closing There is some concern, and I'll stop here, but there, I did see something this week where the M3 had been possibly canceled or postponed. That the M1s and the M2s are good enough that Apple is not seeing people buying MacBooks at the rate they once were. So some of this power and efficiency was good on the pocketbook in the beginning it may not be so good on the pocketbook going forward so we're going to have to see how apple handles that they're not used to sliding down the money tree they're used to the money tree getting bigger so we're going to have to see how apple handles this do they panic and say well we did too much too quick or do they pivot to something else to keep building the money tree, we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, and to put a, a final pin on this, and we'll move on to our next section. Now, those of you who are having your own conversations about which is better, uh, if you've if you've been uh, you know privileged enough to have operated in both, I know it's like I said, it's privileged to to be able to do both. Um, just ask yourself: uh, Does has Windows in you know year twenty twenty two, whatever the last time you used it, crash as often as it used to be mocked for? That was like a big thing. Uh, The battery life on it has it improved since the last time you remember using it, and I believe uh, what was the third measure for it It was was crashing. Life, Um, oh, and you know, general performance. Are you able to uh, you know hear the fans when you're you know rendering video or using CAD and things like that? Because those are the things that can sort of you know work with and make better. And I believe as as an operating system level things, those are doing, but that apple provides that's why everyone kind of conflates like uh you know oh it's you know its performance is great i'm like well yeah they fine-tune the fans and the machine all around it microsoft can only operate you know fix the operating system intel has to work on the heating and you know stuff like that so so does it crash as often you're getting a bit better a bit better battery life uh and how is the app performance uh, when you're you know, moving around the operating system, if you can, you know, if those things, those three things have improved, then I could say in window, Windows in 2020, much better spot than it was uh, when it was the butt of all jokes uh, for quite a bit. Now, let's move on to our, which we, I will let you start with what you, yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to stay in the Windows camp here for just a little while. We're at that point In the year where we're starting to hear some rumors of what's coming from Microsoft, we know they generally do their fall refresh of hardware in sometime in October. And we do know that rumors are telling us that Microsoft is working, possibly working on an 11 inch Surface Pro and a Surface Go 4. Now here's the thing. The Surface Go 4 is looking to be the first arm-powered entry into, into the Surface Go lineup. You know, we've always had the Surface Pro X and the new Surface has that what they call the 5G line. Now, we don't know yet if the Surface Go 4 will have 5G. That has not come out yet, but it's interesting that Microsoft is considering a surface pro 11 inch like we were just talking about with our windows and mac comparisons and differences that would give microsoft something that kind of mimics what apple has going on with the ipad pro we know that apple has the ipad pro 11 and then i think there's the i the ipad pro 12 or 13 inch in it, you know, that kind of puts us in line. So Microsoft has been working on the tablet interface in Windows to make it more touch screen friendly. Now, if I'm going to throw a kick into this somewhere. When you use an iPad, you've got apps designed for a tablet like experience so uh, i'm hoping that if microsoft does go to the 11 inch you know i would feel like they're looking at it more as a tablet and maybe a little bit less of a standalone pc i couldn't imagine you know sitting down and typing on an 11 inch surface pro for seven eight hours a day my eyeballs would pop out of my head i think but you know what do the developers do and how do developers tackle you know, making their apps tablet friendly, kind of like Apple has done with the iPad. That's going to be where the catch is there. If the software and the hardware can mesh, I think we got a good product there.
0: Yeah, it should be noted, I believe the Surface previous Surface 5-inch devices, so they're moving up 0. 0.5 of an inch. I don't know if that's going to be uh, reflected in maybe a reduced bezel uh, or whatnot. Uh, maybe they're you know just trimming that and giving us more screen or maybe they're just making a larger device in general uh but uh putting on arm should uh really make it cooler again as someone who owned it uh, ago uh, those things could run hot uh, just because they were running various versions of intel uh, socs in there uh maybe potentially a tad bit thinner as well uh, so like you said maybe this will be more of a dedicated uh um tablet and uh, price well, I think also,
1: that's where ARM should have started. Was in the go. That's just my two cents.
0: Oh, I think everyone was kind of scratching their head. You know, the Celeron. Well, it's a cheap chip, and still not as cheap as what you can get uh, with licensing for the Snapdragon. So, going to get a, a, maybe a reduction in price. Maybe the biggest thing to get this thing off the ground. Uh, and again, with some kind of uh, wireless connectivity, uh, we will keep an eye on that. Uh, we're. we're waiting to hear about a bunch of new hardware because I believe the Surface Laptop Studio 2 lap, stu, Laptop Studio 2, yeah. Uh, it's getting a refresh as well, so you're going to bring it out in the fall for hardware. Moving on, we got Sega announces it's acquiring Anchor Studio for roughly $775 million. What does that do with Microsoft? Uh, it's tangentially related. Uh, what's happening is that I believe it's Rovio, which is the creators of Angry Birds, uh, the, you know, big hit by what, five, 10 years, Uh, but uh, they are a game that's on the Netflix platform. And this is how we boomerang back to Microsoft. Netflix and Microsoft, while they are business partners uh, in several different fields, I do believe that they are agreement for gaming. They are still competitors. And I believe there's a game, there are games that are being a Netflix platform that will not be released uh, to um, Game Pass. Uh, I believe they'll be released for Netflix and the Switch and some other things, but uh, specifically excluded from that. Uh, so they'll be competing in the effort, and who knows if Sega is just picking sides at this point, uh, if they've decided they're going to produce games for Netflix specifically as a platform as, in order to stay in business. But it uh, looks like lines in the sand are starting to be drawn between uh, at least Netflix and Microsoft right now. Uh, We'll see how Amazon plays into this, but it is big to know that, you know, Samsung, I mean, not Samsung, Sega is wanting to get into mobile uh, right now, while Nintendo, I believe, is actually retrenching and going back more into its own handhelds versus being on phones and things like that. So we got Microsoft wanting to be in mobile. We have trying to help them boost mobile. We have uh, Amazon. Uh, still being doing its cloud thing. And we also have Sony who should recently, who just I believe acquired a company to help them with their mobile efforts. So mobile is the new frontier for a lot of these gaming things. So we'll keep an eye on uh, how this acquisition plays out and what kind of partnerships are, are, arrive from that. What else do you got for us?
1: Let's see, we've got, um, I'm gonna change gears a little bit here. Well, um, something that came out this morning for those Google fans out there, I think there'll be some folks that, um, listen to our podcast or watch it on YouTube that might get some interest in this. Bard for those that have been accepted to the Bard Preview Program has gotten a neat update this morning to where it will actually help you with your code. It mm-hmm. does uh, Java, Python, C, C++ and many others. There's over 20 choices there. What What's really cool about it I did get a chance to play around it Play around with it briefly you can ask it to write code for you it will produce what you're looking for it will help you debug your code if you ask it to and it will also you can say hey can you you know hey will you can you make this code more efficient it will also help you with the efficiency of your code now something to keep in mind that Google did caution in their release is: this is all in preview and these learning models are not perfect so please check your output versus what you expect in your code now something that came to my mind i was once a developer slash computer science student back in my younger days and i still remember the things that you learn as a computer science student is how to write these basic programs and it's generally one way in one way out so it's going to be interesting from an educational point of view how are things like bard and even bing chat and chat gpt that can do code on some level you know have we gone too far with the coding because students can very simply start asking these ai systems questions about their code so the professors out there are going to have to regenerate some of their ways of teaching and evaluating students i think because you know ai is getting very intelligent here to where you can kind of do some substitutions folks from what you know versus what ai knows
0: yeah uh on the same google trend uh, i got a story about Magi, which is Google's upcoming AI-powered rival Microsoft, uh, and I say rival right, and just compete with. Okay, guys, not ahead of ourselves. Bing isn't the monster machine search engine out there, but uh, it has made some adjustments, obviously recently, uh, with adding machine learning and the way it kind of just presents its results that differ from Google. And uh, you know, there are anecdotal rumblings about how uh the quality of Google search has deteriorated uh enough for people to question uh it's uh you know viability. Uh, in that Samsung, if we haven't but we're about to which that Samsung is thinking about uh potentially dropping Google search for Bing. Now again Microsoft and Samsung are really good partners. Uh they've tried to do this once before and I think they've backtracked. We'll see how far they go with this effort. But in relation to Samsung even contemplating the notion is kind of put a fire underneath uh, Google uh, and it looks like uh, recent reports reveal that Google is preparing to develop a new search engine leveraging AI and is currently enhancing its current search engine with an array of AI functionalities and machine learning uh, this project is called Project Magi uh, it's in its early phases I believe it uh, consists of employees, which is still a lot um, its I, intention is to deliver a, a significantly more personalized experience to users uh, than the existing version of uh, just kind of, you know, backstop of ads and links. Uh, I don't know what this means visually, I haven't, you know, kind of nailed down any of that. We've seen a roadmap for this, uh, but the idea is to leverage uh, Bard, I, I assume in the future, and bake it into the search engine, which means that it'll remember contextual searches. So if you you know are constantly searching up Um, the actress, you know, Scarlett Johansson or whatnot, uh, maybe the next time you start searching uh, for other things related to her as far as like box or personal uh, relationships or anything like that, it'll give you uh, anecdotal uh, additional information, uh, you know, especially if she has like a recent divorce or she's in a new movie or she has another child, something like that, that'll come up Uh, alongside other searches of things like that these these are all predictions we don't know exactly uh google's plan but we do know that they're planning to come up with a fourth version of their google search which again is more tailored towards uh, a personalized experience for users and you know to kind of ward off any more businesses or companies or partners thinking about jumping ship to another platform
1: and you better believe they're going to get those advertisements in there, folks. They're they're going oh, to be there. And I think personalize. This, yes. <laughs> That's what I, I'm talking about. You know, I think this is just like we have mentioned in other podcasts, the we're just scratching the surface of how AI and how we perceive and interpret search results is getting ready to change. It's already changing. And it's kind of like um, changing an old habit. Let's go back to our Apple and Microsoft discussion. For somebody that has used either or for 10 years or longer, it, it's harder to go to a new way of doing things. And I think over the next few months and even on in the next few years, the way we ask for data, the way we search for data, the way me, we manipulate data is going to change and it's going to be very interesting as humans we are sometimes resistant to change and i'm interested to see you know we we, when the internet became something that was popular the search engine kind of got everybody started that's kind of what kicked it off then google came and google says hey we've got a better search engine than, you know Bing says, well, hey, we can do that, too. We're going to try to be like Google. Well, we can debate whether they got there or they didn't, depending on what you like. But now we have moved to the next step. Now we're battling on the level of AI. So how does this change the way we interpret and work with information, the way we process it? It's a little worrisome to me. Because I'm one that I don't like a whole lot of change in some of my regular daily activities, but I'm also optimistic and excited to see where we're going.
0: Yeah, me too. What else you got
1: for us? Let's see. Well, we've got our guy, Mr. Elon. While we're on the topic of search, Mr. Elon Musk has <laughs> That that guy, he just he he just keeps stirring it up, folks. Um. Now, guess what? He is mad at Microsoft. So, I guess what we're going to have here is the um big and air throwdown that Twitter has been dropped from the Microsoft advertising options in the Microsoft ad program like when you use Microsoft ads, you are given choices of where you want your ads to appear such as of course bang and then LinkedIn and then Twitter well for those that have you know don't keep up with programming regularly Mr. Musk changed the deal and says look you know to use the Twitter API to interface with Twitter you have to start paying so that meant several thousand dollars more a month that Microsoft has to pay out just to allow its users, its ad users to advertise on Twitter. Well, I'm not going to get into my personal feelings about it, but I think Microsoft is just saying, Hey, Elon, since you have taken over Twitter, the usage and the analytics of Twitter has have gone down. Now you're asking us for money to even use it. We don't think so. So we're just going to drop it off. Well, Mr. Musk, Mr. Lawsuit Man is sitting over there and he says, well, you can do that, but you're still using Twitter data and you're still manipulating that data and you still have access to some of our data. I don't like that. That's not cool. So if you don't put the advertising integration back you might get a lawsuit now that's not that's not necessarily a lawsuit that i'm aware of has not happened yet but i think we all like to watch elon go around and around sometimes and see what he comes up with and i don't know that there'll be a lawsuit but there could be i wouldn't put it past him
0: yeah uh you're right he is threatening to sue i believe his exact quotes were uh, or is paraphrasing what he was saying is that microsoft uh, had been using, um, uh, Twitter data had basically, uh, ripped off Twitter, di- database and demonetized it by removing ads. They're selling this data, uh, to its customers. And he doesn't think that's a winning solution. Uh, we don't know if there's any fact to that neither, uh, have followed up since, uh, this, well, again, Musk, uh, responded to dropping it. Uh, Microsoft dropped it in probably the quietest way possible uh, by just tossing it on a support page in their Microsoft blog, but uh, threat uh, didn't say if he was moving forward with it. Uh, but to your point, uh, Microsoft is doing the financial calculations, probably uh, saying that, you know, uh, Twitter is 2% of its advertisers already for other unrelated things. This API licensing fee, which I believe can be upwards of $42,000 a month mm-hmm. just to have access to it. Again, Microsoft, it's its less than bucket for them, but I believe that going forward, their customers won't get the return on investment that they would have uh, accessing the Twitter audience because of all of these changes, the um, the way that they're doing the check marks, the way that uh, you know, content moderation is on the platform. So they're opting to just say, hey, everyone who's on our platform Microsoft is saying this everyone who's on our platform you still have access to Facebook Instagram LinkedIn we just won't be you just won't have access to the Twitter clients uh, we'll see if either one of these people uh, stand down in this you know uh, digital version of chicken uh, but you know this is something we thought we'd mentioned because it is important um, the last thing I have is Microsoft is considering pulling a certain title from Xbox, which I believe it's called One Step, One Step After Fall. Uh, the reason why they're doing this is because the narrative adventure game also allows language stacking of its achievements. Uh, this is when a game sees separate releases in different languages with separate though identical achievements handed out. This is done to attract achievement hunters and get them to buy multiple versions of a game. In this case, One Step uh, After Fall can reward players with uh, a thousand, you know, Gs or gaming points in as little as 15 minutes uh the fact that I believe this is all the times um and again you just have to buy a different version of the game and so you can get about three thousand 45 minutes if you are an achievement whore uh to so to speak uh microsoft is thinking about dropping the game the company i believe is based in brazil uh they released a, a statement which has been translated from portugal so i not even gonna try and speak in uh, Portuguese, but uh, it roughly translates to: "We are officially speaking out on the removal of One Step After Falls version. Initially, on behalf of the Bergeson Game Studios, we would like to apologize for all the inconvenience caused to you, friends, players, and consumers. Uh, again, they don't know. They didn't mention that they would change anything. I don't. I don't know if they even see that they may be in the wrong for this." But uh, this is one instance of uh, a game that is being pulled from Gamer Pass uh, for achievement bases, not content. Which uh, you know, it just shows that you know Microsoft is still trying to keep the Game Pass platform, you know, uh, moderated. Well, that's the headline, rapid people.
1: They're they're keeping it a, le- a level playing field. You just gotta play nice, folks. I mean, I hate to say it, but follow Microsoft. You know. Follow Microsoft rules and things tend to take care of themselves. Very true.
0: Um, I think that wraps us up for, oh, our last one. We got uh, South Africa giving. uh,
1: We have South Africa did approve the Activision Microsoft merger. Now, let me get to my information on that. We have uh, the in a press release. The Commission found that the proposed transaction is unlikely to result in significant foreclosure concerns as the parties do have the ability and incentive to foreclose competing game distribu- distributors particularly. So this is now that South, South Africa has include it has accepted the merger approved it if you will we have south africa saudi arabia brazil chile serbia and most recently japan now japan kind of sticks out with me because guess what is made in japan folks (laughs) that that kind of surprised me when i read this in fact i had to go back and read it twice the playstation is made and manufactured and sony is a correct me if i'm wrong here but a japanese company am i right so so. you know microsoft still has the ftc to get through and some things here in the united states to really you know get this kicked off but um i did see something where there is a ftc hearing in august so I'm taking that as a hint that we have given up on the June-July timeframe, that we may be pushing this on to the end of the year or early 2024 for a full merger, the merger being final, but at least Microsoft is getting some wins and moving forward.
0: Yeah. Uh, and with that. That seems like a relatively happy note to end on. Uh, Again, we want to thank you guys for joining us for another week of news. We hope it was entertaining some of it. We hope a lot of it was informative. Uh, If it was neither, head over to our website, and get all of the details we might have missed in our conversations between the two of us. Uh, Where can people follow you if they want to speak out or comment or just see what you're about?
1: I've got to go to Mr. Musk. product. He, I'm over there, David P. A. J. 1978 You can find me on Twitter as long as he keeps the lights on.
0: Uh, I will be standing right next to him playing the violin as though this were the end of the Titanic. I am also on Twitter uh, at MindHead1. You will see us going down with the... Uh, thank you guys again, and go ahead and enjoy your weekend.
1: Have a good weekend, Bye. everybody. Thanks again.